Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. They take him and they hang him upon a Roman cross. And all of the onlookers go walking by, wagging their heads, shaking their heads, saying, this guy who said he could tear down the temple and raise it in three days, look at you now. This guy who says he's the son of God or claims to be the son of God, if you're the son of God, why don't you have God pull you down off that cross? Maybe then we'll believe you. Mockery after mockery after mockery. You know how these insults often come our direction in life today? is reminding you of your past. And there'll be people whom you love, whom you respect, that will raise up around you and say, you're not fit for that ministry, or you're not fit to do this or to do that. Don't you remember who you are? Don't you remember the kind of person you are? Don't you remember what you used to do? This is the way Paul put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. You used to be that person, but you're not that person anymore, Paul says. And it doesn't matter if those darts are coming your way, if people are hurling insults and rocks, you need to remember who you are and you are in Christ, someone completely new. Amen, you can clap for that. Listen, as we approach the coming of the Lord, And the more serious we become about making sure that we are ready to meet the Lord when it's time for him to call the church home, the more mockers and scoffers will be raised up. This is what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Why do you keep talking about the return of Jesus? Why do you keep saying Jesus could come back? Why are you living as though the Lord could return? Don't you see things have always been going on like this ever since the beginning of creation? Nothing has changed. Why are you trying to change? Be ready because it's coming. What are you going to do when those rocks and those insults and that mockery is hurled your way? Now this first section in your outline, it closes with the word Selah. And there's a a huge difference of opinions in some of the commentators and scholars when you read about this word. And most people believe that the word Selah, when you see that throughout the Psalms, it's put there by the composer of the songs. It's kind of like a a footnote or a note to say, now is when you take a rest. Now is when you pause for reflection. This is a moment for you to kind of stop singing and to take it all in. Others actually believe that it's a notation that is there for those who are playing the instruments to build the song. It's time to build the song and to get a little bit more excited and to build the music because something great is about to be revealed. You see? And either way, I think it's good, right? If you read that and you say, it's okay, it's, it's time for me to pause and to reflect and to soak in what God just said, that's important, right? But it's also important to understand that God isn't done speaking and there's something better that's about to come, right? Look at what the better is that's about to come here. If you're taking notes, we're going to look at now at David's confidence. David's confidence 
David writes this. He says, after considering his crisis, after considering the foes, after considering his problem and the conflict that is squeezing out his life, that is causing him to flee, in the midst of that pain and in the midst of that suffering, the thought of God returns to his mind. He remembers who God is, and God is his confidence. Look at this. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. The word shield, it's a canopy. It's a covering. It's like an umbrella. Like when you walk out and it's raining outside. When, if it ever rains here, right? How many of you guys actually carry around an umbrella? I wonder. We don't really use umbrellas here much, but that's what it's a, Lord, you are my umbrella. You're the canopy. You're the protection for me. You're my covering. And it doesn't matter what kind of rocks or insults are being rained down upon me. You have me covered. The scripture says that the banner, that God's banner over us is his love. His covering, his protection over you is his love. I was thinking and considering this verse in Nehemiah chapter 8 this week. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says this, And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of you have had to quote that verse to yourselves time and time again, right? The joy of the Lord is your strength. And for so long, this is how I read that verse. When I have joy, then I will be strong. How many of you kind of have that understanding of that verse, right? When I have joy or when I walk in joy, then I will be spiritually strong. And though that is true... That is not really the true meaning of this verse. The true meaning of this verse, when when this is said by the leaders speaking to the children of Israel, they say, listen, God's joy over you is your strength or your canopy or your covering or your umbrella. The reason why you will be safe is because God takes joy in you. Why did David, in the midst of this conflict, come and say, Lord, you are a shield about me? Because he understood that when God looked down from his throne, he found pleasure in David. God, I don't stand a chance against what's happening here, but you are my shield. You are my covering. You are my protection. Let me read to you from Psalm 91, because David made it a a habit to use this kind of language. Listen to this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Isn't that beautiful? He who dwells in the shelter, the canopy, the covering, the shield of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. How many of you need to hear that today? That there's going to be monkeypox today. I, I, somebody told me, and I don't know if it was a joke or not, that there's a ninja virus that's coming up next. If that doesn't terrify you, I don't know what will, right? Maybe great white shark or, you know, tarantula virus. I don't know what's going to be next. But the word of God says this, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near to you. Can you say amen? For you will look 
with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you and no plague shall come near your tent because you're dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty because he is your covering, your shelter, your canopy, your rest. David, praise God. The scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, is a canopy, is a place of refuge, the place that you can run to. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous man runs into it and there he is safe. Have you been calling out that name? Remember, you aren't meant to do this on your own. God is waiting for you to call out to him to be your shelter. He says, you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You are my glory. That word glory, it speaks of a heaviness. It speaks of a weight. It speaks of a valuable worth. And so here, David is saying, Lord, all of my worth, all of my value, anything of substance that I have at all, it's all found in you. Nothing of my own. I'm worthless on my own. It's all you, Lord. You are my glory. You are what I will boast in. Remember Paul, when he was writing to the, to the church in Philippi, and he says, listen, I used to be a, an incredible Hebrew. I had all of the verses memorized. I kept all of the feasts. I kept the diet just right. I washed my hands the right way. But none of this made me right before God. And he says, now I count it all as loss so that I can know Jesus Christ, my Savior. I can't boast in any of these things. Paul actually said, if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast in my infirmities, because when I am weak, he is strong. That's what I'll boast in. That's all I have to boast in. My fear for some today is that you're here this morning, and you're trusting in your own merit far too much. Why do I say that? Because Jesus says that. I quote these verses often and it's because I think that they are very telling. They're sobering for believers. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. We never had a relationship. The whole time you were trusting in your own worth. You were trusting in your own works, in your own merit, and you never trusted in me. Do you see? Right? My glory is in the Lord alone, David would say. It's not because I'm a man of, of great faith. It's not because I'm a mighty warrior. It's not because I was the one who took the head of Goliath. None of those things matter in this moment. The only thing that matters is that I can boast in the Lord that I belong to him and he belongs to me. That's where my strength will stand. That is where your strength can stand. He's my glory. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah chapter 9. Verse 23 and 24, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him, let him who boasts, boast in this, and I would say, and in this alone, that he understands and he knows me, and that, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. If you're going to boast in anything, boast in this, boast that you know me. Boast that you have a relationship with me. He says, Lord, you are a shield about me. You're my glory. You are the lifter of my head. 
Caleb played one year of Little League. And in that one year of Little League, he got hit in the eye twice by a ball. I mean, hit in the eye with like shiner. I mean, like his eye closed up and everything. And again, as his father, my heart breaks when I see my children suffering. But I remember going to my son, dejected because it's happened again. How could this happen again? I got hit in the eye by a ball again. And I put my hand under his chin and I look up and I look into those eyes. And in my heart of hearts, I'm thinking, man, that looks terrible. Man, that must really hurt. Oh, man, I hope he can ever see again. Please, Lord, let him see again, right? That's what's happening in my heart as a father. But when I lift his chin up and I look in his eyes, I say, it doesn't look that bad. You're going to be all right. You'll be able to play again. you got to get back out there again. You can't give up the fight. And that's what David is saying here. He's saying, Lord, you are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the one who puts his hand under my chin and lifts my chin when I'm dejected, when I'm alone, when I'm afraid, when I feel like I failed. You're the lifter of my head. And the Lord is wanting to lift your head today. He's wanting to lift your head. He wants his eyes to connect. He wants you to look into his eyes and to see his love and to see his favor and to see his blessings and to understand that he has your best interest at heart and he's got you. You don't need to stress or worry or fear because he is your shield. He is your glory. He is the lifter of your head. He goes on in verse 4. He says, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. And there's that word Selah again. I cried to the Lord. Again, my, my concern is that rather than crying out to the Lord, you're spending your spiritual and your emotional energy worrying over things that you should not be worrying about. And it's causing your eyes to be taken off the glory of God. David says, I cried out to the, in the midst of my worst day ever, in the midst of the worst circumstances, my own son wanting to destroy me, to take my kingdom. In the midst of that, he cries out to God. And here's the amazing thing. God heard that cry. He listened. God is waiting for some of you this morning to cry out to him. He's just waiting to hear your voice. He's waiting for you to come to the end of yourself where you say, you know what, I can't fix this. I cannot do this on my own. I'll never fix my knee. I'll never heal the wound on my head. I'll never not be afraid. I need to come to you. And if you would cry out to him, he's waiting and he's listening for that cry. He's not going to force himself upon you this morning. He's waiting for you to cry out to him. And then he will listen and look at he answered me from his holy hill. I love that David says that because, again, understand what's happening here is his kingdom is under attack. And what David, in essence, is he's saying is it doesn't matter who's on this earthly throne. You're on the holy hill and you're hearing, you're listening. You are on your throne high and lifted up and none of the rest of this really matters all that much because you're listening from your throne. Amen? So we have David's crisis, we have his confidence. Let's look at David's comfort. And this blows my mind. Anyone here that has trouble sleeping from time to time, be honest. Yeah? I, I never have that problem. I sleep so well at night. I'm, I'm just kidding. Look at this. Look at this. David says this, I lay down and slept. Understand what's happening here. He's going to war the next day against his son. His life is in danger. Everything that he owns, taken. 
his very life hanging in the balance. And what does he do the night before? He goes to sleep. If you were going to war tomorrow morning, how many of you would actually sleep? I, I, I wouldn't. I would not, right? I would not sleep. But here he goes, he lays his head down, and he sleeps. I want you to see this for a moment. Why, why could David sleep? Why could he rest so peacefully? Why was Jesus asleep in the bow of the boat when the winds and the waves were breaking over the boat and the disciples shake him, Jesus, get up because we're, we're perishing. Why would Peter be asleep chained between two guards when James had just been killed and he's waiting to go before the council. He's waiting there to be judged. His life is in peril. He's chained between two guards. And at that night, the angel of the Lord comes. He doesn't wake up. It says in the scripture in Acts chapter 12, the angel has to actually shake him to wake him up because he's trying to free him from the prison. Right? Why does that happen? How does that happen? It's because you're in such a place of peace knowing that God is on that throne. You have such faith that he is working that you can sleep. Listen to what this says. I hope this is a promise for somebody here today. Psalm 121. If you're having trouble sleeping, I hope this is a promise for you today. Psalm 121. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you shall not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will never slumber nor sleep. Do you know why you can sleep in the midst of your trial? Do you know why David slept? Do you know why Jesus slept? Do you know why Peter slept? Because they could sleep because they understood that while I am sleeping, God is still working on my behalf. The ruler of this all neither slumbers nor sleeps. And as I rest my eyes, he is working on my behalf. If you're not sleeping today... If you're having trouble sleeping, you need to go before the Lord and say, is there something that is not right in my life? Why do I not have sleep? What is not settled? What do I need to deal with? What relationship needs to be reconciled? What do I need to make right? Listen to what it says, Psalm 127. It is vain that you rise up early and go to, late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. God will give his beloved sleep. This is a, an amazing promise in Isaiah chapter 26. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When your mind is fixed on God, he will give you peace. You shall be able to find rest and sleep when your mind is fixed upon the Lord. God wants to comfort you today. Jesus himself said, to the disciples, it's to your advantage that I go to the Father. Because when I go to the Father, I'm going to send a counselor to you. I'm going to send a helper to you. I'm going to literally send a comforter to you. One who will come alongside of you and be your encouragement and be the lifter of your head. God wants this in your life. But many of you are not inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit into your life. You're grieving the Spirit. You're quenching the Spirit through the way that you live. By the things that you watch. By the company that you keep. Do you understand this? You will never find peace when you're busy grieving the Spirit. It is that Spirit that comforts and brings peace. You have to welcome that spirit into your home for you to find that kind of rest, the kind of rest that David is experiencing here. He says, I lay down and slept, and I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. That word sustained means he carried my burden for me. I was able to lean upon him. I didn't have to carry all of this weight on my own. I wasn't alone in this crisis, in this place of desperation. God was there for me. He was my crutch. He carried me through this season, and I could trust, and I could rely upon him. 
Look at that next phrase there. He says, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. It is not the will of the Lord today that you suffer from fear, that you suffer from anxiety, that you suffer from worry. The scripture actually says this in 1 John chapter 4. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment or torment. There is no fear in love. God does not want you to walk in a spirit of fear. He wants to relieve you from that spirit of fear. He wants to, to alleviate that. He wants you to understand, as Paul understood in Romans chapter 8. Read the end of Romans chapter 8 today. That it doesn't matter what, what man stood against him. If God is for me, who can be against me? That there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not tribulation or trial or distress or fear or worry or doubt. There isn't anything on God's created earth that can separate me from his love. And I am more than a conqueror in Christ who loved me. This is what he wants you to walk in. Praise God. He wants you to be able to lay down and to sleep and to find rest in the center of his will, in the center of his spirit, basking in his presence, understanding that God has you by the hand and is bearing your load, bearing your load and walking with you through your crisis. You can trust in him. So we see David's crisis, we see his confidence, we see his comfort, and now we're going to look at his confession. Look at the last two verses here with me. He says, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all of my enemies on the cheek and you break the teeth of the wicked. Arise, O Lord. This is an Old Testament battle cry. This is a call to arms. When the children of Israel would set out, Moses would say this often, arise, O Lord, to our defense. And so David is using the same battle cry, arise, O Lord, and fight the battle for me. I don't want to go out alone. You go before me. You are the one. I will follow you where you lead. You fight this battle on my defense. David would say this to Goliath when he's approaching. He says, you come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come in the name of the Lord my God. And this day I will give your flesh to the birds of the air to eat, and I will cut off your head. Why? Because the Lord wants you and everyone who's listening to know that the Lord does not deliver by spear or by javelin, but the battle belongs to the Lord. Why do we say, arise, O Lord, and come to my defense? Arise, O Lord, and save me? Because it is God who brings the victory. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. I have already gained the victory. I want him to fight on my behalf. He says, arise, O Lord, and save me. Again, the, the word save me in Hebrew is yasa. Will you say yasa? Say yasa. It means save, deliver, rescue, rescue me. David says, rescue me. Understand this. It is the nature of our great God to rescue, to deliver, and to redeem. When the... Israelites needed a deliverer to deliver them from the hand of Egypt. God raised up for them a deliverer by the name of Moses. When the children of Israel needed someone courageous and strong and well-versed in war to lead them into the land of promise, God raised up for them a deliverer by the name of Joshua. When the Midianites were swarming the people and were like locusts devouring the land of the Israelites and taking the flocks, God raised up for Israel a deliverer by the name of Gideon. 
When the Philistines for 40 years had been wreaking havoc upon the lives of the Israelites, God raised up a strong man by the name of Samson. When the Israelites needed a deliverer from Philistines and Goliath, God raised up for them a deliverer, a man to come, a warrior by the name of David. When wicked Haman wanted to extinguish the Jews from the face of the earth and the people were in desperate need of salvation, God raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel by the name of Esther. Why? Because our God is a God of salvation, deliverance, and he is the one who can rescue and redeem. He's here to rescue and redeem you from your situation today. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.